Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. focus upon 
you become. And in my early life of seeking the Lord, I was always trying not to sin. You know, get up in the morning, okay, I'm not going to do this today. But what you don't realize is you're thinking about it. And what you think about is what you have your eyes upon. So I realized that if I didn't think about that or those things, if I kept my eyes focused on the Father, I could go all day and then, man, that didn't even bother me. It didn't even touch me. So with that, I had to learn to control my thought life. I think I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll finish 16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And uh, what I was taught was that you say a prayer to go to heaven. I'm sure everybody's heard that. But I've learned that if you believe, and then you got to go to Romans 10, world there. Guess I should open up my notes, huh? Verse 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's big right there. You believe with your heart and you confess, then you're saved. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But that's just the beginning of your walk with the Lord. Because the walk with the Lord is a transformation of life. I've laid down my life, my whole life, to pick up His. And that's the transformational part. That's the part where Paul says that you run a race, right? This is and you run your own race. I'm not going to run the way you guys do because our lives are different. But what is the same about it is we're seeking the same one, and that's Father. You know, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father except by me. So through Christ, he's made that way possible to get to the Father. So all I have to do is confess, believe in my heart, and then he opens up that whole new realm of who he is to me. It's like before I was dead, now he's made me alive. And one of the things I loved it when I was uh, teaching teens was 
I would take them to Genesis. Because Jesus says, I come to remove the curse. Well, how did Adam and Eve live in the garden? They didn't live under a curse. They lived in perfection. It even says that God walked with them in the cool of the day. Matter of fact, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, they hid from him because they heard his footsteps. I think about that. When you hear footsteps, how do you know who they are? Unless you know them. I can tell you he was walking around my house just by the way they walk. Why? Because I've gotten to know who they are. Just like Adam and Eve knew God intimately in that fashion. And then um, I'm going to turn to Genesis 1. Verse 26. Said, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. When I look at that, here we have image. We're created in his image. And that image, then I'd be happy. It's part of his character. You know, how does, you know, when we look at character, obviously we have to go to Jesus to look at character. He showed us. And then the other thing is the dominion. And he said he's even given us dominion over every creeping thing. You know, if we as Christians would take our dominion over this earth, it would be so much better. We wouldn't have so much evil roaming around because we're the light of the world. And where the light is, darkness cannot stay. It has to flee. I love that because it says even the demons tremble at the sound of his name. And we have him inside of us. So guess what? If we know who we are in Christ, he's going to tremble at the sound of our name. I think that's pretty exciting. So, we look at the simplicity of the gospel. How that confession is so important. What we say, God created the earth by speaking, didn't he? He spoke the earth in existence. And I go to Hosea 4, 6. And he says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge.
And when you look at knowledge in the Word, it's, it's referring to knowledge of the Holy One. It's referring to the knowledge of God. And when we don't understand who God is or who we are in, you know, or who Christ is in us, that's where the enemy tries to destroy us. And with that, you, um, you know, Proverbs 18.21, everyone probably knows that one. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So with the power of our words, we're either going to confirm who we are in Christ or we're going to allow the enemy to take us down. And I, that starts a lot with our thoughts. The enemy is constantly trying to bombard our thoughts, you know, negativity, telling us who we're not or who he says we are, which he's a liar, so why do we believe anything he says? Um, that's why it's important to know the word and who he says you are. And James 3, wasn't sure I was going to go there, but yes I am. It's a real familiar passage about the tongue. And starting in verse 2, it says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, or complete, mature, able also to bridle the whole body. When I look at that, stumble in word, it also refers to this word we're looking at right now, this word of God. If I don't stumble in what this word says, the enemy can't get the upper hand in my life. And then verse 3, it says, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths, that we may, that they may obey us. And then we look at the, the large ships, you know, how they're turned by this little bitty rudder. And then 5, it says, Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Has anybody ever had a fire started with their tongue? I know I have. It says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. It says, For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God, Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude or likeness of God. So it says we can't tame the tongue, so we can. Well, God can do all things, can he? So it's up to us to submit to the Spirit of God in us, right? So that 
what comes out of us comes from Him. And we can find that too in the Word. John 7, 37 and 38. This is the Passion Translation. It says, All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. So if we're thirsty for God and continue to believe he says that rivers of living water will burst forth from within us flowing from your innermost being just like the scripture tells us so even though I can't tame my tongue the spirit in me can when I submit to his inner working power that's the transformation of life that Jesus wants to do in each and every one of us. There's so many uh, scriptures in Proverbs that speaks of the tongue. Proverbs 21:23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. What is our soul? It's made up of our mind, will, and emotions. So if I allow the Lord to guard my mouth and tongue, then my mind, will, and emotions will come into line also. Um, I know everyone battles in the mind area because like Joyce Meyer says, that's the battleground, right? The enemy's constantly trying to impart his thoughts into our mind. But it's up to us not to listen to them. He says, the Lord says, cast down every vain imagination that it exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So if the imagination that's coming to you doesn't line up with the knowledge of God and who He is, then we already know we gotta cast that thought down, don't we? And it's real easy when it's negative because there is no negativity in God. He's all good. And then I look at Proverbs 15, 23. It says, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. In a word spoken in due season or in time, how good it is. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? The words I speak can even bring joy. Not only to me, but those around us.
And this is talking about a tree being known by its fruit. And uh, we know that trees represent us in the Word. It says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. It says, broad of labors, how can you bring being evil, speak good things, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things, and an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So what fruit are you bearing with your words? Every idle word I speak, I have to give an account for. And I think about that. The enemy word says is going around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now he's got no authority, does he? That was taken by Jesus. And Jesus says, I've given you all authority. So what do you think the devil's going around looking for? He's looking for that authority that we have and how does he get it? Through our spoken words. I mean, I've even thought of, and some people may think I'm a little crazy, but um, phrases like, I'm sick and tired. That phrase right there, I've just given the enemy the opportunity to devour that word sick. I just said, I'm sick and tired of this situation. I want things to change. The enemy says, thank you, I'll take that authority. You ever think about that? <laughs> We've all done it, haven't we? Not even thinking about it. But it's so true. If you want a situation to change, you have to change how you speak to it. I've been talking to my buddy in town. And I tell them to talk to his body parts. Because they have to listen. They have to line up with what you speak. So if you're having a problem in an area, speak to that area. And then when someone prays for you, by all means, don't speak the opposite. Or own it. I hate that when people go to a doctor and they'll say, oh man, doctor says I've got this or I've got that. And they place ownership of it. This is mine, you know. Don't do that. I'm battling this would be a better way to tell about it. But don't take ownership of it because the enemy says, oh, thank you. I can put that on you now. You ever get a pain? somewhere in your body, and you're going, oh man, my shoulder's killing me today. Man, I don't want to 
go through today with my shoulder hurting all day. What I've learned to do is I get that pain and I'll be like, no devil, that ain't mine. I don't want that today. I don't have to have it today. Because Jesus paid the price for that at Calvary. For my healing. For my body. My body is supposed to serve me on this earth. I'm not supposed to serve it. <laughs> so, here's one of my confessions. I, that I have the Caleb and Jacob anointing. That at 85, I feel like I'm 40. I'm not 85 yet, so I should feel like I'm like in my what, mid-20s, 30s? <laughs> it's my confession, right? So I'm going to own that. And you can too. Whatever you confess, you can have. That's what the Word says. You can say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and it shall be done. But what's the key? He says you have to believe. Right? So what is the enemy attacking all the time? What we believe. Which is faith. Right? It's, you can uh, see it that way. You, the word is almost interchangeable. In uh, Mark, Mark 11, 23 and 24. I think I just quoted, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says this mountain be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. There's so many stories in the Word. about believing. When Jesus was on the road, he was confronted by, um, I believe this is in Mark 9, right after he healed the boy that the disciples couldn't heal. And he spoke to them and said, how long do I have to suffer with you guys? Here they were out, two by two, seeing healings, and then they couldn't cast this demon on this boy. And I think what happened there, this is my opinion, you don't have to take it, but they were used to seeing things happen immediately. Because when they spoke in Jesus' name, man, they came back, told Jesus, 
Man, we see demons flee. We see the sick healed. And, man, this is awesome. And then they try to cast this demon out of this boy, and the demon starts tormenting the boy right in front of them. They're like, oh, wait a minute. That didn't work. What happened? The enemy brought doubt because they didn't see it manifest right away. How many times in our life do we pray for something and we don't see that instant manifestation? I want to see more of that. I've seen it. But that's the biggest trick of the book for the enemy. If it's not a miracle, then it's a healing, right? Sometimes it takes time. That's where your confession comes in. You don't lax on your confession. Keep believing, keep praying, keep, keep your confession with the word. And the enemy won't have room to bring doubt to you. And then verse, let's see where I want to go here. Uh, verse 23. Jesus was speaking to the father of that boy. He says, if you can believe, all things are possible to, to him who believes. And verse 24, he says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to a deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. And that spirit cried out and convulsed, and he had to go. And the boy was free. And there's another story of Jesus walking, and a centurion comes to him and says, My boy is dying. Would you come and pray for him? Yep, he says, I'll come pray for him. And then the, on that road, the, there was a woman who had an issue of blood who believed that if she just touched the hem of his garment, she'd be healed. She pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of her garment, his garment, and received what she was believing for. There's story after story in this. And the word of people who believed and they received what they were believing for. And that's the simplicity of this great gospel that he's left with us. And if we believe and confess with our mouth, we'll have everything we can have everything because he, he bought and paid for it at the cross. And we sell ourselves short sometimes because we don't understand. And that takes respect to Jose. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The enemy don't want us to have that knowledge. There's so much Jesus bought and paid for for us. You know, like I said, you got to go to the garden where it was perfect. The curse has been lifted, but do we believe that? I've heard testimonies of a 
of women that believe they don't have to go through labor pains because they're not under the curse anymore. And they had children without labor pains because they believed it in their heart, right? He says, whatever you believe, obviously it's got to line up with this word, doesn't it? Because that's where people get off when they don't line their belief up with this word. You have to know the word of God. And that's what the enemy works so hard against us about. Because he wants us to make this all about what we do or don't do instead of what we believe. But if I believe, what am I going to do? I'm going to go after him with my whole heart because I want to receive everything that he bought and paid for me at the cross. And then I want to see everyone else receive what God paid for for them. That's what I love about our mission statement here. There's so much more of God that is available. There's so much power, so much purpose. Do we live a purposeful life in Him? Like I said, I look back where I was. Even 10 years ago, I'm not the same person I was. Even three years ago, I mean, even in the last year since I've become a part of this fellowship with people that believe the same way I do. You know, he says to put yourself among people with precious light faith. I thought I was with people like that. But I found out that there was more talk about it than there was believing about it. And I found the people that believe. <laughs> That's what excites me. Because, you know, growing up, I was a nasty little guy. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> My mom attested that. <laughs> She's right there. But uh, she had to have a lot of faith because I did some things uh, like about I cut my brother's toe off, was hanging by the skin. So I I know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about miracles because I watched God heal that toe, his pinky toe, it grew. Right under the waters, Dad was praying. I was like, whoa, you know. So somebody come and tell me that God don't heal you. Oh man, did you come way too late? <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. And the other thing is, I uh, I drowned my brother in the bathtub. And uh, <laughs> and uh, mom comes, scooped him up, took him into the bed, and just prayed for him, and and uh, he was revived. She didn't do CPR, and that wasn't real, um, you know, known then, or at least it wasn't taught like it is today. But I saw God bring him back. So like I said, you can't tell me. My brother also had leukemia at a young age. 
that was the doctor's report. And I remember Makadio prayed for him along with other believers. And to this day, my brother doesn't have leukemia. So our God is a miracle-working God, and I've seen miracles in the past, and I've seen miracles in the present. I've seen legs grow out. I've seen people have instant manifestations of uh, headaches. You know, but it's all what we believe. You know, we're, we're fixing to go into this class of, uh, of the gifts. And uh, I've been blessed at times to operate in words of wisdom or words of knowledge. And just as one, I had um, a lot of times I'll feel things. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what is that? He said, it's not yours. Okay. So whose is it, you know? And that's basically what I'm asking. And sometimes I wasn't able to release the word. Like one Sunday morning, I knew it was for someone. And I didn't you know, the opportunity didn't come about. And then that evening we had a baptismal service and I was talking to a friend. I said, man, where's your wife at? He says, she's not feeling good. She's at home. I said, don't even tell me. I said, she had pain in the back of her head, like right here. He goes, yeah, how'd you know? I said, man, that word was for her. So I released it right there. And then he called me later that night and said, dude, as soon as that word was released, my wife was healed. That's the power of God. And I, you got pain in your shoulder, don't you? Yeah. Well, I believe in the working of the healing power of God. So who would like to Pray for her shoulder. Then, my shoulder's me, so I'm Okay, here we go. This is called body ministry, right? He says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, when we seek him with all of our hurts, he rewards us. Faith is like a muscle. You have to work it. <laughs> he says he's given us all a measure of faith. And then when we step out in obedience and faith, it increases. It's just like me working my, you know, my muscles benching. You'll see the difference eventually doesn't happen right away and you even have some pain to go along with it you know faith when you're working your faith it's not always easy because God may ask you to do some pretty crazy things but in that you'll have some pretty crazy results too and that's what I want to see is I want to see the results of me stepping out in faith. And I've stepped out and I haven't seen the results. And that's disappointing at times, you know. But it cannot change the truth of the word. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't going to go here. But you know, we had faith for my dad. Where they walk away from God. 
like I did. And God had to preserve me through everything. He saved my life many a times. My wife can attest to that. Because <laughs> we were together some of those times. And then I hear of where God has preserved my family. I heard one last week. Because I know he's watching out for my family. Because every morning I pray that. And my prayers, they avail much. Because it says the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And he's the one who's made me righteous. I didn't. He did it. I just traded my unrighteousness for his righteousness. It's that easy. Now I just have to believe it. So, are we going to believe? Yes, sir. <laughs> it's a simple gospel. And I pray that we we all learn to watch what we say a little more. And that is the fruit of the Spirit. And I ask the Lord sometimes, why do I get myself situations where I can keep putting my foot in my mouth. And he'll say, well, remember that little nudge I gave you? The one you ignored? <laughs> yes, Lord, I remember. So I have to stay in tune with him at all times so that I don't put my foot in my mouth. I don't want to give the enemy the upper hand in my life at all. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Will, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.